and welcome to our Delaware Valley. I'm Laura Lewis, and with us today, Richard Gadiosi. He is Public Affairs Specialist with our Social Security Administration. And welcome, Richard. Thank you, Laura. Very nice to have to have me on. Appreciate it. Welcome aboard. A long and, and fun relationship ahead, I know. And we're going to start off with, hey, since April 7th, you've actually uh, been open. The doors have been open. How's it going? It's going well. Um, we, we resumed, as you say, in-person services on April 7th. We had been closed for in-person services going back to March 17th of 2020, so it was a little bit over two years. And uh, during that time, we were available by phone, and we were available to, over the Internet. People could use our online services. But, of course, for a lot of people, they still value the face-to-face contact and they want to come and visit our office and talk with us directly. So we started to provide that service again on April 7th. Now, for a long time, you had, uh, you've had you been pushing My Social Security, which helps take care of some of that foot traffic. And we'll talk a lot about My Social Security in, in just a few minutes. But uh, were people able to get their, their business done? Did you have any major problems being shut and only online and by phone during those two years plus? Well, we did. Actually, Laura, we, we did have some difficulties with our phone system because, you know, all the folks who used to visit us in person were unable to do that. So that did put a strain on our phone system, and we're trying to make some changes to that. So there were times, to be honest, where people uh, had to wait a long time on hold. There were times where people waited on hold for a while and their call was eventually dropped in some cases, sorry to say. So that was that was a big difference for us. And, and unfortunately, it did impact a lot of people. So we're making some changes to the phone system, but we know that still online services are still something that we want to push. As you said, we want to encourage people to do that. But Hopefully, with the phones, with some of these changes we're in the process of making, we're going to have more appointment slots for people to, to do uh, applications over the phone, to do appointments over the phone. We're going to have, as I said, we're going to have in-person services that, as you mentioned, we've started since April 7th. So we're seeing how it goes. It's sort of a work in progress because, um, you know, we have to take all the precautions to keep people safe, both our employees and both the people who visit our offices. And along those lines, we're going to, we require people to have masks. When they come in, uh, if they don't have a mask with them, we'll provide a mask to them. And our employees will likewise be as ma- be, be masked as well. And um, we're going to try to keep social distancing. So that's going to that's actually going to impact how many people can come into our office at any one time. So there may be situations where people have to wait outside for a bit. And as people you know leave the office, then the next person can come in. So as you said, we just really into this process. We started April 7th, and we're going to see what happens as we go along. And uh, hopefully we can, we can provide service that people need. Now, so should we make an appointment before we come? Do you take walk-ins? We are taking walk-ins. Um, I'll kind of give you the priority order of what we're asking people to consider. We are asking people to uh, to do online business as much as they can. And as you mentioned, we'll talk a little bit about the My Social Security personal accounts. So we're encouraging that. Um, if people have to come in or feel they really want to come in and there is maybe an application involved, they can set up an appointment to come in on a specified date and time. They can also set up an appointment likewise to do business by phone. So we're encouraging online. Second, we would ask for phone or phone appointments. And then third, we would ask if indeed they have to come in and, and, um, and that's something really they want to do, they can do a, 
appointment to come into the office on a specified day and time. And then, as you mentioned, lastly, we will take walk-ins because we know some people, um, you know, that's their preference. They have something they want to do on a particular day and they will come in. So we just ask people that if you are going to come in as a walk-in, keep in mind that you may wait a little bit. You may wait outside. You may, may wait a while. Uh, there may be a delay in service. And sometimes we may have to reschedule you so that you have an appointment uh, in the future. So uh, those are the things that, you know, we're all considering. Again, we want to provide service to people. We know there's many, many millions of people people who take advantage of our services all the time and are looking for information from us. Now, I know that you had an initiative to, to reach out to people who had uh, housing issues and people who did not have access to online capabilities, that, that you were working with community partners, that you had started that during the pandemic to help take some of the easy stuff off of your plate and get people answers quicker. Yeah, exactly, Laura. We, we call that initiative people facing barriers and what we saw during the time we've been um, not providing in-person services we saw a drop-off in applications specifically for the disability program and more specifically for a program that we administer called supplemental security income ssi this is a needs-based program and people who are uh have limited assets and limited income can qualify for SSI, and the categories of recipients are people who are 65 and older. They would qualify on the basis of age, and people under 65, including children, they would have to have a disability. So what we saw during this time we were closed, we saw a drop-off in claims from certain demographic groups. Uh, A lot of the folks who might normally apply for SSI, we weren't seeing them over the phone, uh, filing claims. And traditionally, a lot of the folks in this demographic group have tended to visit our office to come down. And with the in-person services no longer being available, we feel that there was a big drop-off. So what we did in looking at the numbers, we decided that we would try to partner with various community organizations who are willing to uh, work with us and who may see these folks even during the pandemic uh, who we weren't seeing. So we went out to community groups and we asked them, would you be willing to partner with us? And as you encounter people who need to file an application, for disability, specifically for the SSI program, um, that you get on board with us and you fax or, refer- or, or email referrals to us for these folks, okay? So you sort of, they would sort of get the ball rolling. They have maybe a more direct contact than we did during the pandemic uh, period. And so we, we got a bunch of organizations to get on board and they funnel applications, uh, application requests, I should say. They, they funnel referrals and application requests to us and we've designated certain employees in various offices to specifically handle that workload. So we're seeing claims requests come in from these organizations. We've trained them about the SSI program because it's different than the Social Security program. And, um, you know, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, we're trying to make certain that everybody who wants to reach us can. And now with the resumption of in-person services, uh, we may see that happen more naturally. Will you continue these programs? Because I, I think that, wow, they'd have to be a godsend to, to these communities. Yeah, actually, and uh, it, we're, we're continuing with the program. And it's, it's nice now because we've st- established uh, more direct connections with more organizations so that even when they have uh, problems with maybe more ordinary nature with people that are on benefits, they're able to reach these individuals who are designated as liaisons in, each, in our offices. And, you know, we sort of have an ongoing dialogue. We can assist people more quickly. 
Um, and it's just it's just trying to remove that barrier, as I said. Now, if I can mention too, Laura, the, the demographic groups that fall into um, the categories that we feel are about people who are facing barriers, they would include people who have limited English proficiency. Uh, a lot of times they would come to the office, folks who are not as adept at English. So those folks are in our category. Uh, older people, of course. Um, uh, again, we talked yes, the side program, one of the categories is people 65 and older. Uh, disabled children or families that uh, of limited means have a child uh, under 18 who is disabled. And veterans, uh, the homeless, of course. Homeless is an ongoing issue in terms of being able to reach us at times and even to reach the organizations. Because a lot of the organizations were in the same boat as we were. They weren't providing direct services in some cases, too. So a lot of the hot times, these folks really were sort of left uh, unable to reach us. So those are some of the, the organizations that are uh, those are some of the groups that we're trying to reach. And we specifically targeted organizations that work with this demographic group uh, to try to assist us. I can't name how many people come in and they talk about um, when they will be working with someone and they realize that this person is entitled to benefits or has money that they're leaving on the table because they're unaware that they actually have benefits available to them. Uh do you want to comment on that? How do you how do you get the word out to people, especially people who may not realize that they qualify for SSI? Well, this is sort of a conundrum, Laura, in some ways. Um, before, when we were going out into the community pre-pandemic, you know, we hold a lot of information sessions and seminars and things in person. And, you know, we would talk about the SSI program, let's say. But let's face it, a lot of the seniors who came out to these types of programs, they were seniors that were more connected. They were folks that were were involved in, in, in going out and about. And the issue becomes a lot of the folks who are maybe not as connected, who maybe, you know, tend to stay at home more and are not don't have a network or maybe family members assisting them. And it's difficult at times to reach them about the SSI program in particular. Because, you know, I'll just say, Laura, just in Philadelphia, let's say you have a lot of older people who um, who maybe are, are, are almost shut-ins or don't get out as much. And so therefore, they're not as aware of these different types of, uh, of benefits that are available to them. So that's why a program like yours is important. Uh, again, partnering with these community organizations. We do have um, uh, public service announcements that we distribute to the, to the radio stations, and, and uh, we try to get the word out. But let's face it, we're not reaching everybody that, that really could benefit from these programs. The, the thing is, if you if you have an issue, ask, right? Just ask. It can't hurt to yeah. to inquire if there's a benefit available. Yeah, I mean, the worst, you know, if you want to look at it that way, the worst that can happen is that you get a letter, a denial letter saying that you don't qualify. But I mean, if you don't, you know, give it a shot. If you're if you're wondering, you know, call 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 us at our 800 number. We have a national 800 number, um, 1-800-772-1213, 1-800-772-1213. You know, inquire, find out. So, um, you know, again, we try to spread the word, but there's always people that are becoming newly eligible or newly into this this potential category. People becoming disabled, people who are reaching 65 plus. Um, you know, it's sort of an ongoing uh, ongoing effort to reach these folks. Uh, you just uh, alluded to that the, the toll-free number, and uh, I always like to ask a little bit about fraud, and that's one of the big issues I know that you face, and that is the Social Security Administration is not going to call you. Right, right. In fact, um, 
It's funny, Laura. Just yesterday, I had a friend of mine who was almost scammed out of money. He just got, and he's a pretty educated guy. And I, I was a little bit surprised that he sort of got involved with one of these scammers over the phone. So yeah, I mean, we're never going to call you cold out of the blue. I mean, if you have ongoing business with us, you've been talking with us. You know, maybe we, you, you've been working with an individual in a particular social security office. That's different. You know, you've already in, initiated some type of contact with us. But we're never going to call you out of the blue. We're never going to ask you to submit a gift card for an overpayment, or we're never going to ask you to go get a money order for something where you haven't gotten, gotten notified in writing previously. So that is not going to happen. And if, if somebody gets those calls, the, the best thing is just to hang up. You know, um, you can report them to us through our um, Office of Inspector General uh, office. You can do that. But the main thing really is to hang up. Do not give out any personal information, your bank account information, your social security number, none of that. We are not going to ask you for that. Besides, if you're already connected to us, we have that information already. There's no reason for us to call you to ask for that type of you know, personal information. I have uh, yet to initiate a call with social security and I am not, in, other than my social security account, I don't have uh, any social security business going on right now. And yet I get the calls constantly telling me that my account has been breached and that I need to speak with this account representative. And I know it's a fraud, but I do. You do worry about people who think, oh, I've applied for benefits or I may be applying for benefits or I may be dealing with Social Security in the future. And, and now I'm at, I'm at risk. Well, you know, you know, Laura, one of the things uh, about these scammers if I can say it this way, they're good at what they do. I mean, they're good at like taking a conversation and, and just sort of if they have somebody who they feel is sort of on the fence. Maybe they can talk them into something. They're, they're good at doing that. So that's why I say you really don't want to stay on the on the line with these folks. You want to get off. We're not going to call you out of the blue. Um, and, and as you said, a lot of people, maybe they get a Social Security uh, card when, when they're young. Um, they get a card for when they're first starting out work or whatever. And then if they don't have any real benefit entitlement to anything, they could, it could be years and years and years before they're again going to deal with us, maybe till they reach retirement years. So in that interim period, you have nothing going on. If anything would go on with you, we're going to send you a letter. But as you said, you know, um, you know, you just want to be really careful about giving your personal information out to anybody. So the the, the takeaway from this is you call them and you can call them. Uh, is how how open is this? Is this regular business hours? Your your number? Yeah, we're 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 we are open. The offices are open uh, Monday through Friday from nine a.m. to four p.m. and. Our toll-free number, our national number, is available with, as they like to say, it's kind of a weird term, with a live person from 9 a.m. I'm sorry, from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. So 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. for the toll-free number. And also in the off hours past 7 a.m., you can do a lot of business in an automated fashion. So if you need to request a benefit letter, how much you receive in Social Security, you can do that through one of our automated tools. Uh, there's certain other things you, you might want to request a 1090. And particularly at tax time, if you've misplaced yours, you can do that over the phone if you wanted to. So um, you can get a person from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. on our toll-free number. You can get automated services the other times. And our offices are open now from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. So again, the takeaway is unsolicited calls don't do anything, but always feel free to call them yourself. And that toll-free number is 800-772-1213. That's 800-772-1213. Always information available online at ssa.gov, ssa.gov. This is our Delaware Valley. I'm Laura 
Lewis with us today, Richard Gadiosi. He is a public affairs specialist with the Social Security Administration. And I just gave that online site. And that's a wonderful place. Even if you're not dealing with Social Security directly right now, your money is going into your account. And talk about the My Social Security and what it does for you in those years when you're employed or when you're from from the minute you get your card on, it's there for you. Definitely. I mean, once you get a job, um, even if in your teenage years, most likely you're going to be paying Social Security taxes, which are called FICA taxes, Federal Insurance Contribution Act, FICA taxes. And that's the uh, the Social Security deductions that uh, ultimately are going to lead to you getting benefits down the road. So each year, um, as you pay these taxes, your earnings for the year are recorded. And you want to make certain that everything is being recorded properly, that your employer is reporting your earnings to the IRS. The IRS, in turn, um, it leads to us having the Social Security earnings posted. So you want to make certain all your work is there year by year. So for, a lo- for many years, before we did as much stuff online, we used to send people a statement in the mail, generally three months before their birthday month. Used to get it sent to you, and people would be able to review their earnings and make certain everything is recorded correctly. Because if you're paying the taxes, you want to make certain you're getting the credit for them. So we used to send it out by mail, but then it's been a good while now. We've been doing um, making the online account available to people, the My Social Security account. So if you go to our website, you can sign up for the My Social Security account, and you'll eventually be able to see all your personal information that we have on record for you. You would see your name, your date of birth as recorded in our records. uh, And you would see, in this case, what's most important is your earnings year by year. And you wanna make certain everything is correct. And you also see how much you paid in taxes. There's a lot of information on there. You wanna make certain all that is correct because that's gonna be the key when it comes time for you to collect the retirement benefit or even at a younger age, if you become disabled, it's a key to how much you're going to receive in benefits. So you want to make certain that's correct. That's something you should be looking at. Once you sign up for the online account, we will no longer send you a personal statement in the mail. And actually, we only send it now to people who are age 60 and older who have not yet signed up for an account. So signing up for an account, really, it gives you access to a lot of the information we have on record for you. Um, you want to make certain everything is correct. And a lot of people maybe don't get too jazzed about Social Security or if they're in their 20s or 30s or 40s, they're, they're still a ways away from collecting retirement. But we find that when people create an account, at, even at those younger ages, and they go in and they see their earnings, they kind of get a, little, a lot more interested now when they can see how much they made in 1998 and 2005 and what they paid in taxes. So uh, it's really an interesting thing uh, just for your own personal uh, information, but also to make certain that the earnings are recorded correctly. You can use that account to, uh, well, obviously, if you're, if you're getting the benefits, you can get your 1099. You mentioned that. You can, you can change your address. Yeah. You can do all that. But for somebody, again, who is not yet receiving benefits, it's also a kick in the pants <laughs> to see what you're, what you're going to get and help you plan, especially as you get into your 50s or uh, older and, yeah. and dates start approaching where you might think, oh, maybe I'm going to tap into that. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, Laura, that's a good point. I mean, what it's going to give you, you're going to see estimates of your uh, benefits down the road based on, you know, some projections based on how much you've been earning most recently. We do a projection going forward. 
So you'll see what your benefits are estimated to be at three key ages. At age 62, which is the earliest age anyone can collect retirement. At your full retirement age, which today is could be as, uh, as high as age 67 for some people. Anybody born after 19, 1960 or later has a full retirement age of 67. And then at age 70, which is um, the, you can delay your benefits up to age 70 to get additional additional benefits added on. So 62, your full age, and, and age 70. Um, and you can also see, you know, if it happens, it's unfortunate, but for some people, of course, disability becomes something that happens to them before they reach their retirement age. And they would see what they would get there if they become disabled. And that's a different type of calculation. But the disability benefit, I'll just say this quickly, is equal, equal to your full retirement benefit. It's the maximum benefit you could get. So you want to make certain that's there. And then also, too, again, uh, if you would pass away and you have a spouse and minor children, how much they could receive at people on your who would be on your record. So there's a lot of information there. Again, you want to make certain the earnings are correct because the earnings are key. If the earnings are incorrect for some reason, um, maybe there was some type of uh, glitch when uh, your employer filed it with IRS or something went wrong or they, they submitted the wrong social security number for you, it's off by a digit or something. You want to look at that every year because you want to make certain that if there is an issue, you can get with us at Social Security. If you have your W-2, we can correct that and get it done. Um, if years pass, most of the time we still are able to correct it, but you just don't want to take that risk. You want to make certain that, boom, as soon as you see something is not doesn't look right and, and it's inaccurate, then you want to get with us on that. Your website, in addition to my Social Security, it has a lot of information. I mentioned that kick in the pants, but it can help you save money for the long run because that calculation, it tells you whether or not you should take an early benefit and the ramifications on your on your spouse if you make that decision. You're, you're really great for information about planning for your financial future. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as you said, a lot of times folks, um, they, they tend to wait maybe into their 50s or so when they really start paying attention to this. They, so many people would say to us that when we were out at events and things, ah, Social Security, I've got to start thinking about that. I'm getting close. And that's just a natural tendency for people to sort of, as they get closer, then they start, their interest starts to peak. But yeah, a couple of things there. You want to make certain that, uh, as I said, the earnings are correct. But also, if you have other family members, your spouse who is age 62 and older could conceivably receive on your record. Children who are under the age of 18 could receive on your record. So there's other people involved. And the same way you, based on your own work history, the same way you have ages you can apply, and the younger you apply from 62 going up to your full age, it's going to impact what percentage of your overall benefit that you get. And likewise for spouses. For most spouses today, if they've worked the minimum number of years to get a Social Security benefit, which is 10 years of work, if they've done that, they must first apply for their own Social Security, and then we'll see if they can get some additional money as a spouse added on to their own basic benefit. And spouses, it's the same type of process that depending upon the age you are, the younger you are, from 62 up to your full age, that's going to dictate what percentage for yourself and what percentage you can get as a spouse. 
Do you want to take a little time to brag on your website and <laughs> and how it can help us with issues, everything from SSI, Medicare, again, the planning? Right, right. Well, we have a number of what we call planners on our website. You can go in and you can pop in your, your age. And you can, in addition to, to having your My Social Security account, you can also use our other planners where you can speculate, well, what if I do this? What if I, what if I cut my earnings down? What if I, instead of making 100000 I go to 70000 or I go part-time? What is that going to do to my benefit? So we have a retirement planner you can play with, and you can see this is what's going to happen if I go part-time or if I just stop. Sometimes, you know, people sometimes will ask us, Laura, what if I stop working at age 60? And the key thing there is we use a person's 35 highest years of work in determining their retirement benefit. So what we like to say to folks, if you're 60 and you have 35 years at least of earnings, your benefit is established to a degree at that point in time. And if you don't work any longer, it's not going to decrease your benefit, but you're failing to increase your benefit because when you're 60 or so, you're probably earning the most you've ever earned. And you're sort of, in a sense, giving up some high earnings years as you go into 61, 62 and so on. So in that way, you know, by using these planners, you can you can see the effect of changes in your in your earnings total for a year. You can see what it's going to do. We also have uh, we also have not to be morbid, Lord, but we also have a life expectancy calculator, too, because people sometimes want to say, well, if I take my benefits at such and such an age and I live to such and such an age, you know, how much am I going to collect in total? And, you know, what's that going to do in terms of my family and all that? So you have that type of planner. You have plan that you can put in where you where you indicate how much you're earning and what the impact is on your benefit for a particular year with a certain amount of earnings. Because in some early retirement years, there's a limit on what you can earn and still collect all your Social Security. So there's a whole lot of information on retirement, but but you know Social Security law is more than retirement, as you just mentioned. It's Medicare. It's the SSI program for people who who qualify for that. It's the Survivors Benefit Program. And people always have questions. We have a frequently asked questions section where you can go and find some of the most commonly asked questions and maybe, boom, you can see an answer. We have a link. We have so much information. Sometimes even for me, it's hard to keep up with all that information that's on there. So really, we encourage people, if you really want to learn about your Social Security, get on our website and just play with it. Just explore. Go through the different things and see what you can get. Uh, and the the problem is, of course, when you make a decision that will impact the rest of your financial life and you want to do the right thing. So when before you jump, you need to do some research and you help people decide that, especially now when so many people are finding that their job situation is shaky or they're, maybe they are losing their job and they're not sure they will find another one and they are unfortunately 62 and sh- so there are so many situations where you might make the wrong decision, and maybe you want to go back to work right after you've made the decision to take Social Security. Well, one of the things I do want to mention, Laura, is that you do have a little bit of a window, though, when you file a claim to withdraw your claim. You actually have one year from the time you first start to collect to re- withdraw your claim. If you decide, hey, this was a mistake. Now, here's the issue. If you, whatever amount of money you've received from us, you would need to repay that money. And you have only 12 months to make that decision. So if someone becomes entitled in May of 2022, they would have until May of 2023 
to decide whether I want to keep going with this. They could withdraw their claim, but again, you have to pay the money back. So if you've gotten $30,000 over the course of a year, you have to plunk down a check for $30,000 to start over. So a lot of times that'll happen in the early months. Somebody, they think oh, retirement's going to be great for me. And maybe at two months in, they say, I don't know if I like this so much. My company would take me back. I, they can withdraw their claim. So you do have one year to do that. Uh, but again, you have to pay back all the money. But but the best better thing is, as you said, Laura, you want to make, try to make the decision the correct one for you right from the get go. And we can talk to you about that. You can always talk with us. Uh, again, explore our website. Um, there's a lot of things you can do. But ultimately, it is your choice. You have to make a decision, and we will not uh, influence influence you to the point where we're making the decision for you. We can give you your numbers. We want it to be your decision, though. Now, if you were if you were at my desk and you wanted to do something crazy, then I might say to you, hey, Mr. Jones, that's crazy to do that, you know, because of this or that money-wise. But for the most part, you know, people have freedom to decide and we'll lay out the numbers for them and then it's their call. Be informed before you do anything. Yes. <laughs> and of course, you, you offer the best resources of all and they're all found at ssa.gov. Parting words, what's, what's coming up in the future? What is happening at Social Security? Well, other than the fact that we resume face-to-face, right now, uh, I was saying to you earlier, um, there's no regulatory changes on the horizon just now. Nothing's, nothing's definite that's going to be happening. So the benefits situation is pretty much status quo. There may be some changes in Medicare next year, but that has to be worked out as yet. But for the most part, you know, we're continuing as we have been with, the, with our program, with our benefit structure. And uh, so don't really have anything cataclysmic to say to you, Laura, that there's any great changes coming. So it's status quo for a while anyway. So if I'm hearing this and uh, I have a question or maybe uh, I want to know where I can find one of the community centers that's working with you, how do I find out everything I need to know about Social Security? Well, again, I I would say go to our website, you know, play with that. We do provide information and referral services. So if someone contacts us and they have a particular issue, which is sort of outside our purview, you know, we can help them find a community group, particularly if we're working with some of these groups. As you you mentioned earlier, we have these connections now with uh, more so directly with these community groups for different types of demographic groups. So uh, we might be able to help you there with that. Um, So we can provide information and referral. But primarily, we are here to administer the Social Security program and the SSI program. And we can reach you toll-free, 727-800-772-1213. Always online, ssa.gov. ssa.gov, the best place to go. And start that My Social Security account if you haven't already done so. My guest today, Public Affairs Specialist Richard Gaudiosi. Thanks for being on. Thank you so much for having me, Laura. I uh, really great service you provide to the Delaware Valley. Uh, Well, thank you. And and thanks for all that you do. Again, go to ssa.gov for more information about our Social Security Administration. I'm Laura Lewis. This has been our Delaware Valley.